everyone. Welcome back to 60 Minutes Spill. I am so excited to introduce you all to my guest today. I have my dear friend Vanessa on. Vanessa is a school teacher, and I promised you guys that I'd have some teacher episodes coming up soon. So here we are. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hello. Hello. Good morning. So happy yes, to be good morning. on. <laughs> yes. Yes, as for us here. <laughs> yeah, so today we're recording. It's a Sunday. And of course, my fellow teacher here, well, fellow teacher, I'm not a teacher, but my teacher friend is has to be a morning person. Uh, yes. Do you find yourself waking up at the crack of dawn on the weekends, even when you want to sleep in, Vanessa? Um, sometimes, yes and no. Um, I have a two-year-old Labrador. So when he was younger, he would get up like at four o'clock in the morning. And I'd be like crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go to sleep. I, I have work. Like it's, you know, I have to be up by like 6.15 to wake up. And he'd be wanting to play because he was still a puppy. And we got him start of the pandemic. So he's a pandemic dog. So like he's with us all the time. So when he was younger, he'd get up like at four o'clock in the morning. And then I'm like, dude, I have to go to work. Like, at, you know, be at work like at 7.30. So it was really hard. No, so like luckily now actual child yes yes so luckily now he's like two so he's like you know whenever I get up and he'll get up so usually on the weekends I get up like at eight which is not that bad during the week for school I get up like at 5 45 to give myself some leeway time to, to get my lunch ready to get myself ready just to just and get a coffee like a venti try venti whatever they're called <laughs> for my start of my day you're like the biggest one they've got. That's the one I get. Yes, basically. <laughs> I had a teacher friend who would like drink a cup of coffee when she's getting ready and she'd finish it. She'd pack one, like, you know, her Keurig for like on the road trip. Then she'd get her stuff ready, get settled down. And she'd make another one. That's already her third one. And it's barely like eight o'clock. Then she, oh. Yes. And then she'd make one like right after lunch for like, you know, an afternoon, like pick me up. I'm like, girl, that's like three or four cups a day. That's my sister. I think by lunchtime, she's had like six cups of coffee. Really? Mm-hmm. And some that's insane. Just, I would be so cracked out. if <laughs> I, yeah, me too. I mean, no, it's like delicious. And I only drink ice. I'm a, an iced person. I cannot drink hot unless it's like 30 degrees outside. Even when it's like 40 or like, okay, not 40, but like 50 or 60. I'm like iced all the way. You know what's like, crazy is that I was never like I love my cup of hot coffee in the morning. I feel like it's so soothing. And yes, it's like a hundred mm-hmm. degrees outside. I'm like something about like a warm cup of coffee in the morning like helps me feel calm and like it, you know, or even even if it's like a tea, something like warm in the morning. Oh, um, yeah. But I would always feel so left out. Like when Diego would bring my sister, <laughs> they would love iced coffee. So like if she was here, he'd be like, Oh, you don't want one, right? And he'd just bring one for my sister and they'd be sipping on their iced coffee and I'd be like whatever and you could have brought me a hot one geez. yeah and no eventually I tried it I'm like okay iced coffee is the jam like it's so good and yeah when I'm out like especially now when I'm out in the heat like out shopping yes like and I do need that pick me up iced coffee is where it's at but that is um yeah I told Vanessa guys right now I was like um it's early let me make my cup of coffee really quickly and let me hop on and it's funny you mentioned the pandemic because I was never a coffee drinker before same think, same yeah I think it wasn't until I realized like dealing with my own children 24 7 during the pandemic <laughs> just being so burnt out I'm like I need something so I mean I could have started drugs guys but no I turned to yeah coffee. true 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 
yeah like I would drink coffee like ooh, like once a week and be like okay like I just need it once a week you know like during like before the pandemic started and then after a while I was like oh my gosh I need a coffee again and then like another coffee like it's Wednesday can I get another one and like oh it's Thursday can I get another one and it's just like oh my goodness yes and it's like and I'm actually a person that when I get to work I have to have like a drink not water it's like either an orange juice or a hot tea like hot teas I can do with like honey that's perfect for me or like an iced coffee or like a juice land smoothie in the morning I have to have some kind of other drink besides a water which is so weird to me so weird and if I don't like it's just like I feel like awkward like what the heck like it's I need just to drink something, something that's like helping you get through like I don't think yes but yes no. and it's not and, mm-hmm don't feel bad about it. And <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen someone say like when they have little vices, like drinking too much caffeine or, you know, that they always, yeah, yeah, yeah. By they, they always downplay it by saying like, well, there's someone out there doing something worse. Like this little innocent coffee is not, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, but I do, agree. True. I do agree when it's like six or seven cups by lunch guys, maybe it's time to say, okay, I think I'm overdoing it on the coffee oh yeah for sure Um, but I they I saw like a map of like a brain with caffeine and a brain Mm -hmm. caffeine and how it's like all scattered I'm like no I feel like where I'm at my one cup does help me like hone in and like focus oh definitely so yeah definitely we're standing by our coffee I wish I was sophisticated enough to say I drink it black and like don't add anything to it heck no (laughs) I love myself so yeah, I cannot, like, my husband, Sam, he does drink black once in a while, like, when we go out somewhere, and he's, like, super healthy, and I'm, like, my coffee is, like, 75% creamer, and the rest is, like, coffee. That's it's, so funny. Yeah, Diego I literally, yeah, he'll literally ask me, do you want some coffee with your creamer? I'm, like, oh, you're so funny, and that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm getting better because I know like it's like really bad you know but like um now like it's I've had been having like oat milk or like the Chobani creamer with like no like dairy which is like really good I like it like the caramel macchiato when they just came out with it or maybe they've had it for a while I'm not sure but that one's really good yeah I just used my grandpa and would always go on and on about like the benefits of black coffee like yeah uh, plain coffee and like how it like increases longevity and it's like good for all yeah. these things and I'm like great and he's like but if you must like I insist on just adding hazelnut creamer no sugar no nothing and that's all I do okay it's really good so that's what yeah. I do. but when I am out and someone doesn't have like a hazelnut creamer that I know will do the trick like I do have to add like sugar and creamer and all those things yeah anyway everyone listening is probably like cool is this an episode on teaching or coffee? I know on coffee <laughs> Well, I live in Austin, so there's a bunch of like coffee places like everywhere, and it's just like you know, like and there's just so many. So we always try yes. to get, oh my yeah. God. So it's like people can talk about. There's like I think there's like an event where it's like a coffee tasting event where oh you can God. go and like buy t- yes, buy tickets, and then you can like sample different different types of coffees. So I'm assuming <clears throat> most people in Austin like shop local coffee shops and are probably like a uh, Starbucks. Is that or like do you mind um. I guess whatever's convenient because right yeah. next, like I can walk to Summer Moon. Like that's how close Summer Moon is to my house. I and then right next to people posting about Summer Moon all the time. Summer, it's really good. I really like Summer Moon. And then about like a couple of like little 
stores down the way Dunkin' Donuts. And like, it's just whatever, you know, it's just right there for me. Um, it's like summer moon's not really like a local because it's like a little all over the place. Yeah. Um, but like something where it's like convenient for me in here, like here is like summer moon, which is kind of expensive though. There's Dunkin' Donuts, which is probably the cheapest out of Dunkin' Donuts, Summer Moon, and Starbucks. Um, but yeah, like on the weekends, like we do go try to, you know, go to a local coffee shop or a local breakfast place and we'll take Alfie. It has to be somewhere outdoors so we can take Alfie. And that's why also I also, of course, also I have to drink iced because I'm outside sweating my ass off so my dog can come join us. Like I'm one of those parents and it's Austin here, nice. everyone loves dogs. Of course. So it's you see the dogs dog everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. No. And for those of you who know me, like I recently became a dog mom and I wasn't, I've never been, you know, we grew up in, and we mentioned Vanessa, she mentioned she lives in Austin, but we're both from the Rio Grande Valley. So we know all yes. about those rancho dogs that are like mm-hmm. <laughs> outside they don't, you know, they don't live inside. My grandparents never let us have pets inside the house. So like all our, all our animals were like outdoor animals. Yes. And now I'm like, how would they make these little animals suffer? It's like a thousand degrees during the summer. Um, how? Like, no wonder I'd be seeing my dog by hanging out there with like his tongue, like touching the ground, like super hot. But yeah. And it's been so hot this summer. It really has. Yeah. I feel like the summers are getting hotter and hotter. And I yes, think it's horrible. they've proven that. But um, yeah. so we only had a cat. He's nine years old. Um, and we decided to introduce a dog to our lives and I, yeah, I <laughs> underestimated, I guess it's because I had my niece's little indoor pup for like a, a couple years and she was so easy. She's also older. So she's calm and she's just like tiny and like barely barks and no, like we, we went like on the total opposite end of the dog spectrum and got like oh, this for, for, yes, dog and he's super highly energetic And it's truly like we had a fourth kid. And so when you were like talking about, I wake up and he to do this, I'm just like crying because I'm like, why didn't you warn me? Like, this is what I've been going through. And so I can literally, yeah, I can see him out the window right now, like staring me down. I'll probably post a picture on the Instagram because I'm looking at him like, don't bark. And he's slowly starting to get the idea. But if you guys ever hear him in the background, just know that I'm learning how to be a dog mom. Yeah, he's, Alfie's right here laying down, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, we didn't go for a morning walk because I we, <laughs> so we like, started this right away." And he's just staring at me, so I gave him like a bone, and he's like has a toy. So hopefully, yeah, he won't bark. And I'm right next to the front our window, so he's usually okay. But like, if dog comes by, he just goes like psycho because he wants to like he's not even he just wants to play with them. He doesn't even want to be like he's not you know, hey like yeah. no he's like hey what are you doing he's like no come to my house I want to play with you like, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, and since since our dog is finally like his name's Henry, I know that's a human name. Okay, don't ask. But um, <laughs> since he finally has all like his shots that he needs, like to go to the dog park, he's been going to the dog park, and he's so awkward. And <laughs> I was telling Vanessa that he was barking at a bag of Doritos for like thirty minutes the last time. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like poor guy, he doesn't really know a lot about the world yet. But anyway, yeah. Um, moving past the dog mom convo and the coffee convo, and these are all good conversations to have. We're going to talk about teaching today. Vanessa is a teacher. Um, again, going back to 
her living in Austin, Texas. Now we did meet in the Rio Grande Valley. We had some mutual friends and my oldest daughter, who's now 14, who's obsessed. She literally wants to be Vanessa when she grows up. (laughs) She's just like, absolutely loves you. Like even after years, we haven't seen each other as often. We used to see each other, you know, quite frequently. And I think Mm -hmm. I want to say Aubrey was maybe three when you met her. I want to think so. She was so little and she just, so small. Took, she took to you so quickly. So when you became a teacher, um, because I think you were like in college at the time, it just mm-hmm. made so much sense because you're so good with kids and you're so patient and you're so like all the things that I wish I was like, you are those things. And so I imagine your students and parents just absolutely love having you as a teacher. Um, and so tell me, did you always want to get into teaching? Was that your, like when you were a child, were you like, I can't wait to grow up and be a, a teacher? Well, actually my mom said when I was little that I wanted to work at the Raspas Den, um, like in <laughs> elementary, you know, I wanted to sell Raspas to everybody. Oh and my then, God. yes, you should open a Raspa stand and yes. um, hey, and your last year, your maiden name is Pina. That's like a perfect Raspa. I flavor. know. I know. Well, uh, my husband's he's from uh, Mexico City. He's from the DF. So he doesn't call it Raspas. They're called Raspados over there. Oh, yeah. So he was like, oh, you mean Raspado? And I'm like, what in the world is that? You're like, like no, that's a scratch. Seat. <laughs> yeah yes yes I was like no I was like Araspa. he's like no I was like okay whatever I hear we're text specs in the valley this is how we say it so my mom said I wanted to open the Araspas town when I was little and saw Araspas and then I wanted to be like a cowgirl so you know when you're little I teach kindergarten so you know at the start of the year I asked my kids what do you want to be when you grow up and some of them are like, you know, kindergarten answers, princess, a tooth fairy, you know, a cowboy. And I do have some kids that are like, obviously like, you know, no, have older siblings or their, their parents talk to them or they went to, you know, a preschool. They're like, oh, I want to be a doctor or I want to be like an engineer or I want to be a teacher. Holy moly, an engineer. Yes. Yes. You have some kids that like, like right now, um, I have 22 kids, 22, five and six year olds. Okay. And, um, I have some that are like super on opposite levels, you know, some that can't even hold a pencil or write their name, some that have to, um, and some that I can just, they can already write their name. They can tell me this and that they can Isn't just follow directions to see like, it the, is, yeah. it's insane. And, you know, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how a summer goes for y'all. You know, I know obviously, you know, parents work during the, during the, you know, during the summer, cause like obviously some of them aren't teachers, but, um, you know, my mom, she, you know, taught me, she's like, you know, at least when you went into kinder, I taught you, you know, your letters, how to say your name, how to write your name. And, you know, something super basic where like, you know, your teacher didn't have to struggle with you. Yeah. And that's what it's kind of hard right now. I just feel like, you know, some parents now is like the kids want to do this and do that. And they're like, oh no, here, like I'm busy. Here's the iPad or here's the oh, TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then when I get kids that come into kinder and it's like, they don't know how to write their name. They can't even hold a pencil. Um, it, I saw this actually this meme one time and it was like, or like a video on Instagram where like the girl's like my boyfriend, he's like an iPad child. So like he's eating and he has to be watching something at all times, you know, like something on the iPad or on the phone. And I feel like a lot of kids right now are just 
always on their iPads. And obviously my kids don't have phones. I hope not my five and six year olds, but a lot of them do, you know, have a tablet or an iPad and, you know, especially having more than one child. I know it's, I'm sure it's hard. You know, it's hard trying to entertain all of them or keep them busy. And sometimes it's just easier to be like, oh, you know, here's, you know, here's a, a show on TV or here's your tablet. And I know it's hard, you know, because um, I teach five and six-year-olds all day and I'm with them all the time. I'm with, you know, your kids more than you're with your kids during the school year. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, you know, I, I start to get to know them. I know how they act. I know when they start to lie or I know when they do this and that. So it's hard <clears throat> when, especially at my age, you know, not my age, but my, my, my kinder's age, when they come in not knowing a lot of things and they struggle and, and I can see them struggling after a while and some will you know, start to cry or because I can't understand them or I don't know what they want or what they need. And I try, okay, try yourself, try and do it yourself. Like I'll write it for them. And then they'll try and they'll just start crying because they can't do it. I was like, but you haven't even tried. And then, yeah. And some of the parents are a lot younger that I've seen, you know, this five and six year olds. And I mean, they were born in like 2016 like it's so insane to say that out loud I know like I was born in 19 you know 88 (laughs) so it's like crazy to you know like we you know you're around my age too obviously yeah we've just been through so much we've been through an era that has been you know self-taught you know we started the internet you know together we've done like you know, VHS and then DVDs and these kids have, you know, they're just given everything right away. And it's for us, like, I felt like we had to like really work for it and are really what we wanted. Like I didn't grow up with a tablet. I didn't have a tablet. I didn't have a cell phone until like maybe not even in high school. My mom and I shared her phone. Like when I had to go on, you know, to sporting events or whatever, she would lend me her phone and I would just call the house phone. Yeah. Like it's totally different right now. And you're, yeah, and you're touching on like so much that I wanted to cover because one of the things that I wanted to ask you was like, Mm -hmm. how insane is it to see the advancement of technology? Like I imagine for our generation, we'll be like the last generation that'll have that big, that shock, you know, being in a classroom, teaching off of all these smart boards and utilizing so much technology when we had chalkboards still and yeah you're writing on paper for exams and I think it wasn't until like actually my senior year where they started to like introduce computer format testing and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. like kind of going back really quickly to a lot of the points no, of course made, um you know my youngest two children are um oh wow I don't remember four and six <laughs> and um <clears throat> four and six years old and so you know, um, Aubrey, my oldest, obviously she's in high school now. And mm-hmm. I, not only is she, there's a huge age gap. She was all, I was very young when I had her, I've talked about it before on 60 minutes, Phil, but, um, she didn't have an iPad until she was maybe like in kindergarten and mm-hmm. they were barely really being becoming a thing at the time. And so I'll, I've, I think I have mentioned it, but like, I remember being at restaurants or just being out places and seeing people with like their kids on their phones, like at the dinner table or like with iPads already. Yeah. And was, I mean, you remember she was very well behaved. She was very calm. Oh, definitely. She was 
like an ideal child. And so I never had to deal with any of that. Yeah. I mean, we go to your birthday for PM Changs and do stuff like that. And I would just bring her along and I never had any. Yeah, issues. and she nothing. Yeah, mm, and so nothing. she was a good kid and I would judge other parents. And I'd say, how horrible. Like, look, they their children aren't even engaged. They're not even eating their food. They're just like little robots. Mm-hmm. And now, Vanessa... <laughs> I know we go places with these two little gremlins and I'm like did you bring the fucking iPad because we're not gonna be able to like we're (laughs) We're not gonna gonna be able to hold them down like we're brave if we go without you know we better go in a goddamn Chuck E. Cheese if we don't have those damn iPads because yeah maybe I'm making my kids sound like a lot worse than they are and if anything my husband's the one that's very like nope they don't need it they you know they've got to earn it they don't need it right now it's like but I'm like I want to breathe and I I am very self-aware, like when it comes to my surroundings and people are very judgmental. They look at you like yes. the worst mother when I'm out and I'm alone and I see a kid having a meltdown. Like, I'm like, I'm coming mom. Like I'm out there. Like, do you need help? You want me to grab this? And yeah. at a 10, the mom's like, yes, please. Oh my God. Just grab my baby while I handle my toddler or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I need to support other moms when I'm out there in the world. Cause I know what it's like when I have what it my feels kids. like. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I do understand but then I see it from both sides of the spectrum. Like, yeah, of course, definitely. Then I've had times where like, I'm like, okay, guys, that's enough screen time, you know? And then I see like anger in them where they become disrespectful. And I'm like, oh no, like that's not going to be a thing. So if you, mm-hmm. if this is going to change you where like, you don't want to get off it when I ask you to, like, then you don't need it at all. And I think yeah. a lot of parents are at that level with their kids where it's just easier not to fight with them and they just like let them deal with it and like I like I said I get it but at the same time and this is another conversation I have with my older child where I'm like you know I'm not in in school at the moment but I've always Mm -hmm. been in college and so many times it was like I have to get this assignment done here's your iPad go like don't bother me yeah you know and that's like you know yeah, of course. And like, and like going out's a different story. I understand. Cause you know, it's like, you have people that are like, Oh my God, your child's screaming and crying. Like, what are you, what are you doing as a parent? You know, you're just watching them. And then you have other people that are like, Oh, you're giving her an iPad. Well, yeah. I mean, lady, like, what do you want me to do? Do you want my child to be screaming, screaming and crying and yelling? Or do you want them just to be quiet on the iPad? I know. That I, I understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, like, um, I do try to tell my daughter, like, I actually shouldn't be in college right now. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I should my graduated. Life, <laughs> yeah. I, I live my life backwards. So you need to understand that like parents who have done things, you know, according to plan, mm-hmm. yeah, like their, their kid doesn't have to, they don't have to shoot their kids off to go get on the iPad because mm-hmm. you know, that, and that these are examples of why I want you to do things to like accomplish your goals before you bring children into the picture because children yeah. end up suffering, you know? And, um, anyway, I just kind of wanted to touch on that. I have like way more to say about it because I think it's like a huge, it's a huge topic, like in, in terms of like parents and it ultimately affects multiple aspects of their life. And like, I appreciate hearing from a teacher's perspective because I often, I know you're not shaming by the way. Like I know that's not, no, of course. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then also like, I'm like, you know, and I understand like, you know, you all work into stuff like that, but I mean, giving the iPad all the time and like trying to be like, oh, hey, like, can we practice something together? Like, you know, and like, even there are some shows that are like, I've seen that are like very instructional that help with too, like, don't just always play, you know, like Coco Melon or whatever. Like, I don't even know, you know, 
I don't even know what to like what shows are at right now to be honest yeah you hit it uh on the head with Coco Melon <laughs> no my kids are already kind of outgrown um yeah but I will say like every now and then like <clears throat> if I'm cleaning or if I'm doing something if I'm working out and I let them have their iPads for a bit I, I do always try to make sure that it's something at least slightly educational or, oh yeah, of course. Well, and I'm thinking, but like going back to what you said about like some kids getting to kinder and not knowing their ABCs or like not knowing mm-hmm. how to write their name, how to write their name. Yeah. So I think it also takes like a very proactive parent to realize like when their child is or isn't, you know, where they need to be milestone wise. And like, I do take into consideration, every kid does develop so differently. A lot of times oh, so it may not be, you know, it may not have anything to do like with what the parents doing or not doing, oh, yeah, of course not. May not be mm-hmm. there, but, um, it it's so important to at least try, you know, to make sure mm-hmm. that your kids are, are getting there. I mean, why would you want them to suffer? You know, when they get I know. to one, they're the only ones that are like, uh, holding the rest of the kids back or like not keep, I, I, you know, I remember being really behind on my times tables and I had, a oh, lot yeah. of, I, I had a lot I, of math. Even, I was always behind in math because yeah. I did not, math was not my favorite at all. Yeah. Ugh, me neither. It still isn't. And so, Same. and I also had a lot of inconsistency growing up. I moved schools a lot. And so I'll never forget one time being like in third or fourth grade and they would make us go all stand up in front of the classroom, like, and rehearse like we would go in groups mm-hmm. of like five and go through like our times tables and we'd have to say them out loud. We'd be like, you know, three times three is nine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I would, sometimes I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like I wouldn't even no. know them. And <laughs> I would feel horrible. I would be like, can they tell I don't know them? Are they, can they tell? Yeah. And it just brought upon so much insecurity. And so with my own children, like even when Aubrey hit that grade, I'm like, do you know them? Like, let's practice. She's like, I know them. I'm good. I'm like, okay. And she's like, they don't do that. Why would they torture us that way? I'm like, listen, 90s teachers had to get creative. Okay. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like now that's like really, I guess, like frowned upon yeah. just because you're like kind of not singling them out. Cause obviously they're like in a group, but like, you know, it's just kind of like, don't try to like don't try to single out a child they'll be like if you, you know they don't know it then you know I'm gonna be like hey do you know this yes or no because then obviously they do get embarrassed and stuff and even though they're in kinder I mean they don't really see it as much because you know they're all the same they're still like little kids themselves yeah and they don't really see that like oh it's embarrassing for them or it's like you know but you can tell when a child has gone to pre-k or has gone to a um daycare center that has taught them how to do stuff yeah because they do know how to write and they do know how to say their letters and their name and even their birthdays some kids can tell me their birthdays and their parents birthdays and some kids they're like what is a month I don't even know what a month of the year is and I'm going to title one school so these kids are like low income-ish kind of um right but they do come from different backgrounds like I have you know kids that are like Hispanic and kids that are white and kids that are Indian and kids that are black. So it's just, it's all a mixture. It's very diverse. Yeah. Very diverse. I love that. And I, um, and you can tell, you know, like I said, even though I have some kids that are so slow, like, I mean, turtle slow, they still know what they're doing. Yeah. They're just slow. They're processing like they just, at a different rate. Yeah. I no, no, it's not even that. They're just like, they're just like looking around and then by time no they're like space cadet they're like looking around and 
they're just like, oh, okay, I'll finish right now. I'm like, are you finished? Get to work. Oh no. Okay. Let me finish right now. And then like, she'll finish it right away, but she just needs to like focus. Sounds like someone I know me. <laughs> oh she'll my God. Like staring around. No, honestly, like, you finished? You know, yeah. You know who that sounds like my youngest and really, you know, uh, yes. And it's so funny because for any of you parents who are listening and who are feeling like kind of shamed and being like, oh, my kid probably is going into kinder, not knowing anything. <laughs> I, my youngest, and I don't feel as bad talking about her because she doesn't know what the heck is going on right now. Um, but, or she, she does, but she doesn't know, like, I'm going to be talking about her on a podcast. <laughs> so she was at a Mother's Day Out program and it hit me when not this end of school year, but the year prior she came home with like a huge bag of pull-ups and they're like, oh, we sent you all the pull-ups from the class. Cause she's the only one that's not trained body trained yet. And they're like, so you can have all these for the summer. Mm-hmm. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, really? And she's, my kids are big. Like my two youngest they're they've always been in like the 98th percentile for like weight and height. So like she mm-hmm. already looks bigger than all her friends, even if they're the same age. And so here comes my big old baby in a diaper. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, okay, great. Thank you. Like I got in the car and I kind of felt really ashamed. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm trying to potty train her. She's not learning. So I went to her doctor and I said, hey, like, I feel like I've tried every method because literally not to embarrass my oldest, but one day she just brought me her diaper and said, I don't want this anymore. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Perfect. Perfect for me. But that would be her, you know, because that's yes. the kind of child she was. So I'm and like, she grew up with a lot of like, you know, us like in our, like, you know, teens, late yes, teens and like early twenties. Yes, so she yes. was a lot like a little bit more like, she was always like sophisticated. Very yes, yes. Yes. Very mature. So it was no shock to me that this kid straight up potty trained herself. Meanwhile, this other one, like I tried that method of like, okay, this is gone now here underwear. And she's just like accident. You know, she would like run and go have an accident somewhere. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to work for her. Um, So yeah, I took her to the doctor. And while we were there, we discovered multiple things that she was delayed and it wasn't just potty training. So she Mm -hmm. was already like three and she was at the milestones of like a two-year-old, an early two-year-old. And so that's when Yeah. And that's when her doctor was like, okay, I think it's time to do some further assessing. Like cognitively, she's fine, but she is Mm -hmm. the baby of the family. Like, you know, there are two other children that do everything for her possibly. So that's probably fine too. Yeah. So we ended up starting her on speech therapy, starting her on occupational therapy and like the growth, you know, and it wasn't, it was a process and it wasn't cheap, you know, but it was investments I had to make in my child so that when she got to kinder, you know, and she's not in kinder yet, but like, I'm hoping but when she gets off. there, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it does for sure. A lot of kids, just... you know, yeah. A lot of kids right now get, you know, in school speech therapy and in school OT. Yeah. So at least right now, when I ask her and y'all's birthdays are a day of heart, but when I ask her, I know when is your birthday? She'll say, well, November and it's November. I'm like, you know what? Like you get the picture. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, I got you. I got Before you. she yeah, didn't yeah. even know, she would be like, oh, I don't know. Is it tomorrow? I'd be like, no, it's not tomorrow. <laughs> so, Please don't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's just, you know, um, and that is one of the cases where like, even though I was a little bit, like, I felt a little ashamed, like, I'm like, no, you know, I have to do what I have to do to make sure that my kid gets on track at least, or at least that they're on their way. And trust me, like, they're still like, she still struggles a bit writing her name, but the goal is always like, by the time they enter school. Yeah. They can at least do something. And at least, you know, you're being like a proactive parent, even though, you know, it wasn't in school. It was before you're being proactive. You're trying to, you know, help your child succeed when they get to, you know, school, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, 2019 you know it was March right the first time in the spring break week I was we had planned a trip to go to Dallas and all this stuff and we canceled everything so then we were told that we were going to come back to school so that was a big shock for us because you know how am I going to teach kinder five and six year olds like on zoom you know and we just and we just had to like for from March to like May we just had to be on a zoom call like for once or twice a week because we're still introducing it you know it was still brand new and we did once or twice a week we just talked about you know what we're doing basically we didn't even do work it was just about like how you're doing this and that we talked to their parents they'd be passing by like yeah they about this and that and it wasn't like a big deal but then like summer came and you know it should hit the fan everywhere with everybody mm-hmm. and then we were told when we go back to school we're going to be online and my other, myself and my other two, you know, kindergarten teachers, um, we were like, what in the world is going to happen? Yeah. You know, as it is, it's hard to, you know, teach five and six-year-olds in kinder, you know, the beginning of the year, we do basic, like, yeah. yes, we do basic stuff when they come into school, you know, um, how to hold a pencil, how to get in line, how to use the bathroom, how to share. Sharing is like really hard for us right now too, especially if they're especially if they're an only child, that's just 10 times harder. So, you know, it was really hard for us in August. We would, you know, and we'd have to stay on, we'd have to be on from like eight o'clock to like at least three o'clock. And, you know, we'd have an hour lunch, 12 to one, but it was hard in the, in the morning. It's easy. Cause you know, we talked about, you know, we did our days of the week. We did our months of the year. We sang this and that. But then after lunch is like, you're at home. Yeah. They're super comfortable. They can just walk out and go play with their toys, walk out and go, you know, wherever they want. And, and I'm just like, you know, other parents can hear me. So I can't really, you know, be like, Hey, what are you doing? Get over here. I know. And I'm a super strict teacher. Like I tell my parents, like as soon as they walk in, you know, for me, the teacher or whatever, like I'm really strict. I'm like super strict out of all three of our, the kindergarten teachers, I'm super strict. And they're like, okay, perfect. Good. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> just let me know that because, right no, now. The, the thing is that I think I want to say maybe, you know, parents that do have only children that are, that's like their baby and that's their world. Mm-hmm. Don't want to hear that. But for parents like me that have three totally different kids and know what it <laughs> takes to, it, they, I know by this point what it takes if I hear when my youngest goes to kinder that her teacher's super strict, I'm like, amen, you're getting all the gift cards. You're getting all the flowers. Yes. I need, that's the only way my child is going to learn. Like it's mm-hmm. not conducive. And I think you say you're strict, but I know you're also loving and kind. Like I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. And there are um, some teachers that can be super strict and can be like, 
you know, Just like cruel. super rude yeah. and mean still yeah. cruel. Yeah. But, and, and I told myself like, oh my God, like I'm super nice compared to them. And like my AP is like, no, like you're strict, but you, <laughs> the kids still know you love them. You still of joke course. around with them. You and like this love. other teacher, yeah, this other teacher doesn't, she's just super hardcore strict. And that's why kids are afraid to go to her like classroom and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But I'm still like, okay, right. <laughs> They're like, yes, you're fine. Yeah. I know you're a comfortable balance. And like going back to like the pandemic, I often mm-hmm. I went ahead and withdrew my son because I felt so bad for his teacher. And at the time, I think it was like a pre-K program, or I don't really, it wasn't like he wasn't in kinder yet. Yeah. And it just wasn't conducive to their learning like I agree in the Mm -hmm. morning would be fine so I would let him log on for like the little like good morning song good morning stuff Mm -hmm. but once I saw all the kids like wiggling out of their parents arms or like just not participating anymore I went ahead and told his teacher like I think we're gonna go ahead and withdraw like I don't I feel like it's I don't want to be adding to this for you guys like yeah of course and there was a while where I was like, oh my gosh, like, are these teachers going to lose their jobs? Like what's going to happen? Like, I was kind of nervous about that aspect, but I just didn't feel like it was beneficial to anyone that was involved. Like I said, I'm a hundred percent. Okay. Keeping him enrolled and you can send me packets like, yeah, and we'll do them at home. Yeah. at home and then we can come drop them off or however you see fit. And she was like, yeah, let's do that. And so we ended up doing that. Um, but again, I can't, you know, really criticize, like I had the flexibility, you know, to do things with him at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I was ordering stuff on Amazon, you know, like trying to keep him engaged. Um, in yeah, that of course, way. but I get like, I, I get what a nightmare it was for everyone involved, like parents, teachers, like it was just dark time, yeah. you know, so it was hard. I mm-hmm. do think if you were a teacher and survived the pandemic, like you can do anything in this world. Like, <laughs> Oh, definitely. So like, so like I said, like we were, we would, we did all virtual and then like in October or September, they asked, you know, we're gonna, if you want to come to the classroom, you can you just have to wear your mask and we'll allow like three or four kids in the classroom. Cause like some parents, you know, worked and it was hard for them, for their kids to get on zoom or how to try to get on and stuff. So I, I volunteered myself. Um, I went, started in like September I went in and I had like four or five kids in the classroom and the rest were on Zoom. So if you're in the classroom, you had your headphones on, you were on mute and you were sitting in the desk and you couldn't talk. And then all the other kids were like online at home. Like it was weird, but like it kind of worked out, I guess. And um, that's how I did it for a full year like that. You know, the most kids I had was like eight or nine kids and the rest were on Zoom. Yeah, my oldest. And wait so they kind of like um integrated it like yeah like if yeah if you wanted to come in that's fine you just have to wear a mask and I we can only have like eight kids like that was the max my room can handle because they they went by like square footage I guess so like oh your room's this big you can only have eight kids and the rest of the kids well they have to be in like you know online if your parents wanted to bring you you could but there was a wait there was a wait list actually you know, cause some parents are like, Oh, I want my child to go. Cause I can't help them log in. Right. Um, cause I'm at work or, you know, they have stuff like that, hmm. but yeah, that, yeah, that's how it was for a full year. And like, that was hard. It was tough because yeah. when the kids my- at home were like super comfortable. Like I said, they can just get up and walk away. And I was like, hello, trying like, to come back to me. It was like two classes that you're trying to get. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that I'm, now that you're saying that, I remember my daughter hated that. Cause she was like, 
it's so distracting. Like I'm sitting there in class and the teacher's trying to teach the, the kids like that she's facing the zoom, like she's facing the yeah camera. Mm-hmm. Facing the, yeah. And she's not even looking at us. And so Mm-mm. I'm like, if I have a question, I feel like I can't answer it. I mean, I can't ask it because she's like multitasking. And so I, yeah, it's just, you know, and I try, I try to explain to her, like, just be patient, you know, I mean, it can be easy for her. I don't know. Like it was just a nightmare. Um, and so like <laughs> now, how are you feeling now that things are, I, I never want to say things are back to normal because then, you know, <laughs> something, I know. Happens, like, but, it. <laughs> um, but now that you're back in the classroom and you've had, you know, you had a full year now, right? Like of back in the classroom. Yes. Last year was our first full year kind of normal we still had to wear our masks you know last year and um yeah last school year um and it was really hard because a lot of kids have not were not in daycare or were not in preschool because you know the pandemic happened and like oh things shut down you know they said that you can only be in daycare or preschool if your parent was a in the medical field essential. Yeah, or, yes yeah. essential there you go I, for, I totally forgot what it was called I had a brain fart <laughs> um, medical field or was it education? So that's it. So a lot of these parents, you know, some of them were, but some of them weren't. So they were at home with, I don't even know who they were at home with their older siblings, maybe an aunt and uncle and grandma, grandpa. So when they came to school, you can tell who had no structure, who had like, who did not do any type of, you know, education any type of like, you know, structure during the summer, during that time they were off because they came in like a hot mess. And that year was so hard for us. It's basically like everyone got a kindergarten classroom. Every, every, every grade level got a kindergarten classroom because they weren't in school that past year, oh my God. except for the ones, you know, like third grade, it was okay. But like kinder first and second, it was rough because, you know, my, the second graders, they had already got cut off, you know? And like the first graders that were going to first grade, they were only online. None of them were in school. They never knew what a school was like until or how it functioned until they got to first grade. And the kindergartners, well, it was just like, it was kind of our usual norm because, you know, that's how they enter. But some of them were just like so bad. Yeah. And it was crazy. I feel like those, especially those like first, second, third grades, because like, you know, like you said, whatever kids learn at kinder, they could technically be learning that at home. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because kinder's not required in Texas. You don't have to come to kindergarten. Right. But you know, mine are going. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm going to tell them your mom. No, (laughs) for for my son, because he's my only boy and I'm like very in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really need to go, you know, now, but it's one of those things that once you send them, you're like, they're good. They're fine. They love it. They need oh, it. Oh yeah. They truly yeah. do. And, mm-hmm. and I have a couple of parents who like, you know, this is this past, you know, this couple of weeks ago, or when we first started, I have a couple of parents that were, you know, this is my first child or this is my first, my oldest, you know, it's their first time going to kinder and I have their crying and their child's crying. And I'm like, Oh my you're fine just drop them off and just walk out please yeah. and she's like okay so and I understand like it's super emotional I get it you know your baby's going to kindergarten and stuff and I was like I promise I'll give them back to you at the end of the day and then like when they're here with me I'm just like why is your mom crying for you my like, goodness look at the way you're acting 
<laughs> you're like, trust me, I'm not trying to keep all these kids. <laughs> yes. No, like what, like there's always like one or two that I definitely like want to keep. I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to take you home with me. You're just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love you. And others I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to, I'm going to call your mom right now to come <laughs> get you because I just cannot with you. I love that. Yeah. But no, I, I can imagine, you know, during the pandemic, like, I feel like that group of children, especially like those foundations that weren't built, you know, and it's not, yes. same, um, I, I feel for them because I feel like they'll always have that. They they'll always have missed that, you know, and I don't, I don't know how long it'll affect them. So I do feel bad. I mean, I'm even, I see it in my daughter cause she was in fifth grade. No, she was in sixth grade. Sixth grade or seventh. Yeah. Sixth grade. And so I feel like sixth or seventh, I think it was seventh grade. And I feel like it was like right smack in the middle of junior high, like lots of things mm-hmm. that she carry on with her to high school. And so I, I definitely, do, yeah, but it doesn't really matter what grade, if your child missed school during the pandemic, um, yeah. like did like, I, I know these kids deserve a little more leniency because it was really tough on everyone. Um, oh, definitely. But so far you have survived <laughs> a pandemic. Yes. You teach kindergarten. Um, do you see yourself teaching kinder forever? Like, is this where you belong? Have you considered how funny you're saying this? Because my friend, my coworker and I, like I've been working where I've been working um, at my, it's a charter school, title one charter school. I've been working there for eight years and I did, um, this will be my sixth year of kindergarten. Um, when I was in the Valley, I did two years down there in like uh, one of the high schools and like an elementary there. So I've been like 10 years in education overall, basically. So this is my sixth year in, in kindergarten. And my friend and I were saying, so we're real close now. We've been together. We've been partners for like six years already together. So we're real close. And we're just saying that like, maybe we should do like for second grade next year because like kinder is hard. Yeah. You know, those, these first couple of like weeks, like this whole month of August, I guess. And then like a couple of September, it's just, it's just basically routine, you know, how to line up, how to do this and how to do, the, to do that, how to raise your hand. And then we're still trying to learn to raise your hand and not just blurt stuff out, you know, how to do this. And that is basically just, you know, teaching them all over again, how to, you know, how to be in school, basically. Yeah. And I think that's just the tiring aspect of it. Cause like, once we get into the routine, I'm fine. Like, I love it. You know, we do our whole group study. We do, you know, we go break down into centers and we, I just help my kids who really need help and that's perfectly fine. But still right now we're still learning the basics of how to do this and how to do that. And it takes up a good like month and a half where if I was in like in an older grade, we would already be doing curriculum. We would already be doing, um, stuff that needs to be taught already, you know, right. not like as in kinder right now, I'm still doing the basics of them. It's a lot tiring. Starting there. Their, you're kicking off yes. your education. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So, and then I'm, I'm teaching the kids who try to try to catch up with the kids who already know all this. It's really hard when you have you know, a kid who's like super behind or like super low. You feel like you to a child, baby, right? Like, yes, quite uh-huh. like babies. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And some of them, you know, are super quiet or don't know how to use, don't know how to raise their hand to use the bathroom or they're afraid. So I'm like, look, you just need to get up and go. If I can't see you and they just have accidents and now have to deal, worry about an accident problem. I mean, I call the nurse and she comes and gets them and this and that. Right. But still, it's still like I'm taking my time away from doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's super disruptive. disruptive. 
Yeah. So we're saying that maybe next year we can try like a second grade or maybe first grade. But other than that, I won't go higher than second grade. I know there are teachers who love, you know, great higher grades. Um, but I personally don't because it puts a lot of stress on you when they have to take the end of the year exams like that tax. I mean, tax, we were taxed. Start <laughs> we were taxed. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, it's they put a lot of pressure on you. You're yeah. basically like, hey, your kids didn't meet this. What were you doing this entire year? Oh my God. And then for kinder, yes, for kinder, it's like, you know, their testing is like, what shape is this? You know, do, what's this plus this and this and that. So like, that's kind of easy, you know, because that's easy for them to do at the end of the year. They should already know that how to, you know, read a, what, a simple sentence, like I can catch or like see spot run, something basic like that. Yeah. But, you know, higher grades expect you to be like at least 70 percentile or above. And it's hard because, you know, you get some kids in the, just coming into the middle of the year. Oh, you know, wow. some kids who don't know any English, who's not just Spanish, but, you know, speak Arabic or, you know, Hindu. And you're just like, how am I, like, I can't speak that. It's, yeah. you know, and in the Valley, For everyone sure. just spoke either Spanish or English. That's it. You yeah. know, Tex-Mex and that's it. Yeah. So you got by, but here it's like, you know, it's such a variety that it's harder for, and it's hard for the kids. You know, I understand the parents, you know, speak their own language at home, but it's hard for your child to come into kindergarten, to come to a school and not knowing any English. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what we, you know, that's what we have there is just English. So then they see the struggle there and they're just like, oh, you know, dang. And, and can you yeah, teach them? I'm like, it sucks that no matter what, it's a reflection of the teacher. And it's like, don't you take yes. into consideration their home life, their upbringing, their, their culture, like everything that has nothing to do with the teacher. I mean, that's tough. Yes. Wow. So yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could do like a different grade next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that all this, I had no idea, like time really flies. Like you've given so many Super. years already. It's crazy. Um, I know, but um, I think kinder nothing preps you like kinder you know like no nope. you're ready for the world so mm, I basically like, yeah I do feel like you know my son's in first grade now and he's a little man like he's literally <laughs> in the morning he's packing his bag like he's checking his snack and his lunch and he's pulling his homework out like he's responsible and I'm like who is this guy like kinder him would have been like I don't want to play you know like yeah I feel like first grade is where they're still eager to learn like they're looking mm -hmm. forward to but they're and he, yes they have the innocence still to where it's like oh I don't want to get in trouble and I want to I you know I want all the rewards and you know they're still driven and stuff and do you guys do house bonding house bonding yeah do you know what that is okay so it's kind of like um like um some people call it a cult <laughs> <laughs> okay now tell me what it is okay let me see so house bonding and it, for any of you parents out there listening I don't know if this is just a Texan like a Texas thing or if it's nationwide or if it's just a Houston thing I'm in Houston um but my kids school started doing this thing called house bonding and so there's like four or five different house colors and 
some parents started to thread saying that they didn't like it, that it felt very like cult like. And I'm like, what? So I started like <laughs> looking into it, Google it. And I, I like my, my kid is obsessed. Like that is what gets him to Friday, like every week. Like he is obsessed. This ain't no regular spirit, you know, school spirit. Yeah. This is like a whole different thing. So each house it's kind of like, I guess they go classroom by classroom and go like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like, and the kids in each classroom get split into different house colors. And then they merge all the grades, like kinder, kind of like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, and it's funny because they have like, their names sound something like Harry Potter, like, that is so <laughs> funny. Like Amistad and like, um, what is the other one? I don't know. They have like all these different like house color names. And mm-hmm. it's the bindi, like it's really cool actually. And they get like house color shirts and they're mixed, like they're integrated with like it's like every different other different grade kid. levels. Yeah, different grade level levels. And it's like intended for like older kids to bond with the younger kids and the younger and at oh, first, that's cool. like, well at first I was like, is it though? Like I don't want my little tiny kid getting picked on by like a fifth grader or whatever. True. No, like, it's amazing. Like when we go to school events, like fifth graders are like, Hey, like, Hey dude, like saying hi to my son. And like, I'm like, how do you know that older kid? And he's like, he's in my house. Like, I'm like, Oh, cool. And like, they just love it. And I've noticed like a huge maturity in in him wanting to help younger kids because like, he's having that opportunity now to like bond with younger kids. And so the last time we went to, uh, like a plate, like we went to, do you guys have hat Creek over there? We went to, yes. okay. We went to hat Creek and they were out there playing and we were leaving. He went and found like a little toddler boy that he was playing with and like gave him a hug. And he was like, I'll see you next time. I'm like, you never going to see that kid again, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Never. And so he's like, I'll see you next time. Okay. And the little boy was like, okay. And like, it's just, I've seen this maturity in him and like, that is one of those incentives that they get at the end of the week that I truly feel like it has him like trying harder in school. Harder. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys did it or not. No, it's it. At first I was like, this seems like a lot more work for the teachers and the teachers are like, no, we love it because we end up spending all Friday afternoon house bonding. And so like they all, they have like a rotation and I think like the librarian is the one that's like in charge of it. So like they have a rotation and the kids all go to their house and the teacher gets to like, you know, catch up on things. Yeah, so that's cool. You're yeah, like, well, now before. I'm pissed. We don't have that because yeah, I- <laughs> I'm going to start it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if any of you listening, if your children have this at their school or not, but like my kids are absolutely loving it. Um, my daughter's doesn't, you know, they don't do it in high school. She's like, Oh, I wish we had that when I was in school. It looks like so much fun. Everyone's always talking about it. But anyway, um, moving on overall, Vanessa is teaching everything you anticipated it to be. (laughs) Um, yes and no, you know, I, in elementary, it's a lot different because, you know, you can get away with like, Oh, well, if you don't behave, you don't get a sticker. And you're like, and they're like, Oh crap, I'm going to behave so I can get a sticker. And, um, so you're like, okay, elementary, I like elementary a lot just because it's everything. It's like kids love you. They come and tell you, oh, you know, like the other day, one of my students couldn't write an E, so I did their E for them. And they, you know, after a while, I started doing themselves. They're like, look, look, look. And I'm like, yes, like that, perfect. And he was like, yes, yes, yes. Like he was super excited. And that gets me happy where I can know I helped a student, help the child, um, help them accomplish something they, they, they couldn't before. Yeah. 
And that's what I love about it. You know, so seeing rewarding. Their, see, yeah. yes, super rewarding to see them, to know that they did it by themselves. They get excited and happy. And then, you know, there are some other things that it's just like, mm, I could do away with this, you know, like, I don't really like this aspect of, you know, being a teacher where, you know, teaching our, our contract is from 7.30 to 4. And by four o'clock, like, and begin, first, when I first started teaching, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. I come home and I'd be cutting and I told Sam, help me cut and this and that. And now at four o'clock, I'm like, okay, I can do that tomorrow morning. Yeah. That's like, I don't need to do that anymore right now. Yeah. Because after a while it starts, it's, it's tiring. It's like, you know, I want to come home and relax, but I'm like, oh crap, I want to do this tomorrow. But I still have to work on it right now. Cause during the day, sometimes I don't have time. It sounds like it truly never ends, huh? Like it's never. the kind of that you have to take home with you in order to like be successful. Like you have to finish what you start every day. Like it's just, it sounds exhausting. Yes, it is. Especially in the beginning of the year because you try to include so many things, you know, so they can be active and like they can stay, you know, focused in school. And sometimes you're just, it doesn't work. And you're like, crap it didn't yeah. work now what am I gonna do like this was only it's supposed to take like 30 minutes it only took them like 10 or 5 oh my gosh yes have, like the I whole rest of the day and I think that's another yes. challenge that comes with with teaching um kinder right like they don't have or do yes. they like because I feel like don't the other kids swap classes or something no yeah we do you know they have a thing called specials so they do go to PE twice a week they do but go I mean, to you're the main class teacher, right like you're yes yes I'm yeah. the main teacher so they're with me all day yes like you said third grade and up they do switch classes kinder first and second they stay with them all day long yeah but it's a good break even though you know it's only like 45 minutes or like a 90 minute break that I get it's still good for me to just you know distress from them for a while and just wrap myself around okay let me do this instead or let me get this you know um something better for them to do. Cause like, dang it, this morning was like a shit show. So I have to like <laughs> read, you know, this lesson plans out the door. Now I have to do something better. Oh my gosh. And so a lot of people like to say, Oh, must be nice to be a teacher. You get all these breaks, you get summer off. Like, I feel like if I were a teacher, I would sleep like the moment I got out of school for summer and not wake up until August. Like, do you, right. how do you, is it, are you just in recovery mode? Like, how do you avoid that burnout? Like, do you rest all summer? Like, how do you take care of yourself? So we get out like right before like May, the, the end of second week to end of May. So I usually do summer school in, in June, just because I do kinder summer school. So they're basically my kids again, just my ESL kids. Okay. Um, kids that, you know, so I'll do that. And it, it's four weeks and it goes by super fast. It's from like eight to one, eight to okay. two. And I, you know, it's, it's a good extra money to, I get double what oh, wow. I get. And it's yeah, nothing and that, compared uh -huh. to a full class of kids, right? Oh, so, heck no. Yeah. I only have like 12 or 13 and, you know, we still do the same thing we do during school. It's just like, I focus mainly on what you know, they needed their help on more. Like ESL kids, they, um, they need more assistance, obviously. So they have, they don't have to, but if the parents don't want them to come to summer school, they don't have to come. That's fine. They don't have to come, but it's recommended because they are ESL. So they do need that extra help, extra assistance. So I only have like 11 or 12 kids in the summer and I can focus mainly on them and it goes by super fast. And then, you know, end of June comes and I'm resting in July. I 
love to be at home yes but I do get bored after a while yeah. like in July is perfect for me July and like that first week of August it's fine usually we'll go to the island in July we get like we'll stay there for a week and we're just I'm like perfect I'm happy and relaxed and it does take me like all of July just to relax and come down and just you know I read a lot now I bought a Kindle like last year oh, so I've been reading I've been trying to lot. stop to a Kindle, like something about me having like a book, like make, like excites me, but yes, yes, I totally agree with you. But then like when I, I it's want like convenient. multiple books, yes. yeah, yeah, especially when like you travel and whatnot. Um, and my Kindle's refurbished. I got a refurbished Kindle from Amazon. It wasn't even like a brand new one. I think I got it for like 30, $40. Well, cool. I might invest in one, I guess, because I'm on the computer all day long. Like my job requires. Me yes. And you don't. Day. Yeah. And then now that I'm doing podcasting stuff, I feel like when I'm not on the computer, I'm on the computer anyway, like editing. Anyway, whatever I need to do creating content, whatever. And so I feel like my eyes are just burnt out. And I need to just like read an actual book, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm itching to just invest in a Kindle already. Um, so I might do that, but I'm glad that July, now I know note to self, like, don't bother Vanessa in July. She's no, and like, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, this past like, July was super hot. So I couldn't really, you know, go places or go out. And like in the morning we do stuff, Alfie and I, but then like midday, I'm just like, Oh, what do I want to do? And we walk out and just like, drenched already yes. so I would just I just rewatched a lot of shows like on Netflix I rewatched Stranger Things in like two days oh my gosh like from the beginning and I was so like oh my good. god I forgot how, I forgot how little they were they were so cute know, like in season one. there was even so, like a video of like Millie Bobby Brown being like what like I was so young I was so tiny I know like, they're noticing and, how little they were yeah I cannot wait to to wrap it up and see what happens I know <laughs> me too we, we loved it as soon as it came out you know, we saw it like right away. We binge watched that and okay. it was just, I know. Did so not good. It was worth the wait in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Yes. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So we loved it. I've just like had so much fun talking to you about all things teaching. And I, there was, it's crazy because like, you don't, you sound like you love your career. Like, am I wrong? I mean, I feel like no matter no, what. I, Yes. No matter what, even if, you know, hopefully I'll start my master's soon. I didn't want to, but then I know that I'm like, I don't always want to be in the classroom. It's tiring. Right. I do want to be like, you know, an interventionist or something that just pulls out kid, you know, pulls them out from the classroom, helps them one-on-one and then take them back. Here you go. Here's your kid. (laughs) Something like that. So yes, I do love education. I do love being, you know, around kids all the time. I do love helping them out, helping them succeed. And, you know, I, that's because I never, I didn't want to be a teacher all the time. I wanted to be in the medical field. Um, I took all my sciences and stuff at UTPA and everything. And then I was like, okay. And then towards the end, I'm like, it's like, what am I doing? It's just so hard. And that's because I even took like a microbiology class, like not too long ago, like during COVID, I took it online here at ACC. And, um, and still at that time, I was like, okay, I'm still going to change. I'm still going to be in the medical field. But then at the end, I was like, okay, I'll still do education. (laughs) I mean, I I guess I could always teach, you know, like a med term class, you know, like in high school, you took those like med term classes, could always do something like that. Um, So, but yeah, as long as like education field, medical field, that's always something that, you know, has been in my back of my mind since 
like obviously not my lost buddies but since like probably like middle school yeah well I mean it's never too late you know you can always oh, yeah reroute um and in the meantime like I just know that you know teaching is so demanding and it's really just um that's why I always try to like my husband's like you're so extra you always try to do the most you always you don't have to send the teacher something for like president's day I'm like I I don't I was like you're a bit dramatic but I try not to miss any holidays and like I always want my kids teachers to feel appreciated and of course even when my daughter got to like junior high I'm like okay like what are we doing and she's like I'm gonna take like 10 gifts I have so many teachers I'm like okay can you at least tell me the ones that are making like a significant impact yeah impacting your life yeah Mm -hmm. and she's like sure there's not many of them but sure you know and anyway like I do think that it becomes a little less you know like, um, like as they get older, the students don't appreciate as much, you know, they're just there and they're in and out and stuff. And so at least for my younger ones, I always want my teachers, my kids, teachers to feel like appreciated because I feel like they do so much work in and out of the classroom. And so I just truly admire you and this profession. And, um, as long as you'll stay a teacher, children are super blessed to have you. And I do think a change up, I, I could totally see you moving on up to first grade. And I feel like you'll be able to kick your feet up and be like, okay, finally, like, I don't have to fight with babies. Yes. <laughs> I'm have, sure you'll yes, still have your little, about... yeah, you'll have a oh, few yeah, little course. stragglers there that are like still a little behind, but I don't think it'll be as bad. Um, and so, um, I did see an article that I kind of just wanted to touch on very quickly before I let you go. It was an NPR article um, on education that said more than half of teachers are looking for exits, a, a, a poll says. Um, it says teachers are picking up slack for absent colleagues, they're covering for unfilled positions, and 55% of them say they'll leave teaching sooner than they'd originally, originally planned. Um, do you feel like, it, for me, like this conversation... I feel like you take care of yourself. Like, I feel like, you know, your limits, you know how to handle your classroom. And even though you're teaching kindergarten, which sounds like a wild zoo to me, it sounds like you got everything under control. And like in the, literally from the beginning at open house, you're there telling the parents, like not in my house, like I'm a strict teacher and this is how I run things. So again, truly admire that about you. I didn't even know you were at a title one school. I know that comes with additional challenges because of those language barriers and, Mm. you know, poverty levels and things of that nature. So even more admiration towards you, but is this what you witnessed like in, in your colleagues or like, do you feel like teachers in general in Texas or in America are reaching burnout? And like, have you known other teachers that are like, I'm ready to not teach anymore? I think when COVID hit, it played a real big factor. Yeah. Um, you know, when speaking like oh, this past, you know, couple of weeks, a lot of teachers have been getting COVID and stuff. So, you know, there's not a lot of many substitutes. So at the end of the day, they're like, oh, you know, can we, you know, split your class so you can help, you know, take the kids to the back for dismissal? Or can you not take, you know, can you keep your kids for PE because coach is not here and then, then there's no one else that can do it. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fine, you know, and I understand it's hard as an administrator too, when there's nobody that can help you either, you know, you try to get substitutes and stuff like that, and no one wants to work because, you know, they're little kids, and they probably have germs, and that I understand, yes, Um, but it's hard for us teachers that, you know, we have to 
like I read the article and it said, you know, as soon as you wake up in the morning, that email says, hey, we're down, you know, seven teachers today because, you know, they're sick or they took a day off or something like that. And you're like, shit, like that ruins my day because I have to, I can't do this or I can't do that now. Or I have to, you know, especially for us, like, you know, it's hard for teachers that who don't have an assistant. I used to have an assistant. I've been there for eight years. So I had an assistant like my first three years. The last three years, I haven't had one just because, uh, you know, pay cuts, I guess. And you don't just, have you an know, assistant? no, I don't. I haven't had one for like the past three years. It's so I have all 22. All mm-hmm. So I have all 22 kids by myself all day, you know, and I have to be like, you know, when I had an assistant, she helped me, you know, she would be in the middle of the tables helping me and assisting me. If I need to go to the bathroom, I can just walk out. I don't have to worry about, oh my God, can someone, can like, can someone come to my classroom? I need to use the restroom. Can I have a break real quick? You know, this and that. And it's hard because sometimes like it would take five to 10 minutes that, you know, someone would come for me. So I told my friend like, Hey, can you watch my class real quick? She's like, yeah, sure. Go. So I have to run to the bathroom, like hurry up, like go flush, wash, leave, like really quick. And then come back because obviously you can't leave your kids by yourself. (laughs) Um, So that was really hard. And then, you know, when we get those announcements in the morning, there's emails where it's like, hey, you know, we're short staff, seven teachers. And you're like, what am I going to do now? Like, I can't do this and I can't do that. I have to divide my class for this time of the day. And that's hard. And I know my mom was telling me because she works at a high school. She was telling me a lot of teachers quit. Yeah. Before, like right when the pandemic hit, when they said they were going to do online, because a lot of them were older and they didn't want to learn a whole new system. They don't want to have to do everything online, put this stuff online, go to Google and do Google Classroom or do this and that. And to half of them are like, no, I'm retiring already. So a lot of teachers from my mom's from high school quit because they were a lot older and they didn't want to have to deal with all that crap. Yeah. And that I, I understand it's hard. I have a friend who um, has a bachelor's degree and in, in, not in education mm-hmm. and she was looking for a job. So she ended up subbing and then they offered her, you know, a full-time teaching position. So mm-hmm. she passed and she didn't, she didn't do so well. So she's like, well, I didn't, I didn't pass. They're like, well, we still need you. And she's like, I didn't yeah. pass. <laughs> what do you mean? You still need me? Like, I, shouldn't I go somewhere else? And they're like, no, like we're desperate. Like, please stay. We'll, <clears throat> give, you, we'll, we'll give you time to like, pass it again yeah to pass and it so, yeah wow I was like wow they really must be you know out there trying to uh, yes they are there's a ton of vacancies a ton of vacancies and I can understand you know there is like some type of burnout you know admin it's not even admin it's like above admin you know our admin's really helpful they try to help us so much in so many ways they support us so much um but the, you know, district is always just like, nope, well, you got a B. You're like, your school was a B. It's not an A. So you need to change this and change that to try. And we're like, we tried so hard. You know, we got a B. We're like a couple of points away from an A. And you're just, I think, yeah, but I you're think not even like, well, yeah, there's always going to be multiple outside factors that are contributing to why it's, oh, a, definitely. you know, like the, those things are beyond staff's control. Like I just, you know, mm-hmm. um, faculty can only do so much, you know, yes. like outside factors. But um, do you think any of this, you know, I, I kind of just like breezed over the article. Um, but right away, obviously pandemic, but then like safety concerns, you know, like with um, 
what happened in Uvalde and what's been happening, what's been happening. It wasn't been just happening, Uvalde, yeah. happening before. Um, and I hate to take away from any other incidences in other schools. No, of course. But what is that like for you? Do you feel like, you know, your school takes or your district takes things like that seriously? And you were very close, you know, to that where it happened. So mm-hmm. how does that like, and I hate to be personal in that level, but I can't no. ask, like, I have to, like, what is that like? Because I think about stuff like that all the time. I was leaving my son's school the other day and like the gym door was like wide open and I'm just like, yeah. like someone's going to close it. Like what is going, and I hate to be that parent. I don't want to, no, of course, you know, but it's like, no, you I, have to be because everything. like who else will, if you're yeah. not an advocate for it, who yeah. else was going to do it? Yeah. You know, it's hard because, you know, you don't wake up in the morning you know, and get dressed and go to school on your way to school. You're not, you don't think about, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to protect my kids. I'm going to dive in front of bullets for them. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard because obviously you, they're innocent. They're so little, like, you know, they don't know. Sometimes they don't even know. They're five and six-year-olds. They don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's hard and our walls are like paper thin. So I'm sure you can just like punch through it and that's it. You know, we're all gone. Yeah. Someone's going to kidnap me or something. Um, but you know, we do practice a lot. Uh, we do like every couple of months we practice like active shooter drill or like, you know, um, someone's in the building drill, you know, we try to like go under our tables or go to the end. And it's hard. You know, we do email parents the day before uh, or the day of, and be like, Hey, we're going to practice. It's just a drill and parents understand. Right. But then you still have kids that are like freaked out because we had to turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. It has to be like, dead silence pitch black dark in there so no one obviously someone can think like oh no one's in there let me go to a different classroom you know um but you have kids crying and it's hard because how can you comfort them and be like you know it's just we're practicing it's just a drill and And at that age they don't have like that concrete thinking yet they're kind of yeah yeah Yeah. and they're like well like why are we doing this like why do I have to practice something like this and then it's hard because like this is real life like shit can happen at any time and it's not even just like it can be just like a a parent that's being you know super loud and aggressive in the front not even like you know with a gun or something like that but they can just be aggressive and yelling and being very rude and just throwing stuff and you're like oh crap okay you know shelter in place now so we would have to you know barricade ourselves in the classroom and we even do that for kids some of the kids that you know that are are acting up or just acting a fool basically um running around the school and stuff we have to barricade our doors because you never know what that kid can come and do in the classroom you know it's and it's sad because all these kids that are shooting our kids are shooting up schools you know and it's 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 scary because you know our we have pre-k through fifth grade in our school and you know some kids are deal with a lot of things you know at home and it's so hard and you know, luckily, thank God I was brought up, you know, not to, I not to think like that, but I don't even know how to say it, you know, brought up differently, I guess, where, you know, when we were growing up, this, that really, this never really happened. No, well, that was, that's why I asked you, like, I, it's so wild to see, like, imagine us as children being like, okay, what do we want to be when we grow up? Like, I want to be a teacher. And then when yeah. we were kids, you know, we're sitting there, in a classroom having pizza parties and like yes. enjoying life like now you can't even take food to school like it's yeah so it has to be store brought and no, you can't that's 
at least at your school, they allow that. They don't allow any outside food at my kids really? whatsoever. Yeah. So like birthdays, like not even for birthdays. Nope. Nothing. Oh, nothing. wow. So it's just gotten so strict. And I mean, that's like the least, that's like the least important thing, but right. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, we imagine no, of our course. when we were kids, like having birthday parties or like having that little like, TV yeah, like parents, yeah, parents come and like, oh my, like my parents can come like, you know, here's my aunt. Oh, that's perfectly fine. That's okay. Oh and now you're just like, yeah, no, like exactly. you need, like, you need an ID. Let me see your ID. Let me take a picture of your ID. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? And it's just like so much to go through yeah. just Everything to walk into the school. Gone. Yeah. The chalkboard's gone. Like, you know, yes, just writing in cursive gone. Like everything that we used to yes. do, everything that we knew as students and our vision of like what being a teacher when I grow up looks like is not, this is a different world that you're teaching in. And so that's why it just, I have this like utmost respect. Like my mom was a school teacher for about 25 years. Um, she ended up leaving teaching, but she's like, you know, right when that electronic <laughs> transition started, she's like, uh, like this is not, you know, the same. It's just really different now. And oh, definitely always felt like she wasn't fully appreciated or like paid what she deserved. And, you know, so I, you know, even back then, so now I'm like, I hope that more than ever teachers are at least getting paid what they deserve, like getting raises or like feeling mm -hmm. appreciated and like, you know, I just, I think about you guys all the time. And so it means a lot that you'd come on and like have this conversation with me and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, but overall, like you sound like you love your career. You sound like you're there for the right reasons. And you sound like more, most importantly, like you genuinely care, you know? And I think it's important to realize like teachers are human beings. Like, yes, they're burnt out. Yes. They're exhausted. Yes. They go home and they have to continue working and prepping for those yeah. kids every day. And like, I'm sure you have all kinds of other stressors going on in your normal life, like any other person, but you have to put that happy face on every day and face those kiddos. And so I just want Every you to know day. Like, how proud I am of you, Vanessa. I always knew you'd be amazing um, in anything that you did. But like when I found out you're going to become a teacher, I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Even Aubrey, when she was younger, would say like, oh, my God, imagine I would love to have had Vanessa as a teacher. I'm going to tell her, are you sure? Because Vanessa's very strict. <laughs> <that> we know. <laughs> I know. Like some parents are like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't wait till you're to my child in your class I was like okay <laughs> just wait because like you'll hear like some from other teachers like other parents yeah and yeah. they're like oh no like you know my older like right now some of my older kids are like in sixth grade or fifth grade and like their younger siblings I'm having their siblings now and their parents yeah. are like no that she's so good and my son had her when she was in kinder now he's like fifth or sixth grade they're, like, they're okay. learning they're learning yes. learning mm -hmm. in a positive environment where they're not you know being bullied by a teacher teachers can be bullies that's a whole oh, other conversation definitely no, they're getting everything that they need with you and so for that you know you're doing an amazing job but again thank you so much for hopping thank on you. and I'm sure that of we course. covered a lot of things that both parents and teachers alike were like uh-huh amen yes like I know all about that and so you're welcome back uh, to 60 minutes well anytime you want to have a teacher vent <laughs> I'm sure everyone <laughs> will love this episode or even about oh, yeah. else. we could talk obviously we could talk coffee and dogs for like an hour so we could do oh, that for but sure anyway tell Sam I said hi and yes, um, I'll tell him enjoy the rest of your Sunday 
You um, too. I'm sure you're counting down the days already for like winter break because I know I am. So actually it was so funny because we were just like talking about, okay, we've been in school for like 12 days, only like a hundred and something left to go. <laughs> and we're like, oh shit, we still have like so many days. I feel like that's what all teachers do. They're just counting down the days till the next counting down. Okay, I don't blame y'all because I'm also looking for that little break, not having to wake up at the crack of dawn and get these kids out the door and get everyone ready. I oh, know. Yes. Anyway. Well, um, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow our Instagram at 16 Min Spill. And yeah, don't forget to tune in and listen to our spill sessions every Tuesday. Vanessa, we thank you again. And we'll talk to y'all thank later. You. Bye.